Welcome to the Emily Osmond Show, your place to learn how to market yourself online, find your tribe, and grow a business doing the work you love on your terms. As a blogger, presenter, and marketing mentor, I understand the ups and downs that come with putting ourselves out there and running our own show. This podcast is here to take you behind the scenes and share the strategies to help you succeed. So let's get into the show. If you're wanting to build a community, show up more online and go bigger in your own unique way, but there's something holding you back. Well, today's episode is for you. My guest is Erica Kramer, the queen of confidence, an international confidence coach and the host of the Confidence Chronicles podcast. Known as the Cardi B of the personal development world, Erica is a spicy international speaker with a good dose of heart and humor. And she's been through a lot, surviving traumatic experiences like childhood sexual abuse, being in and out of the foster care system, car accidents, and a lot of loss. Erica is a beaming and beautiful example of how you can heal your personal story to transform trauma into triumph. Grab a notebook because when Erica starts talking, there are a whole lot of learnings for all of us. This episode is brought to you by my upcoming live training where I'm teaching you how I've grown my online business from one product to create a multiple six-figure revenue in less than two years. And I started out with a teeny tiny email list and no idea about this online world. So go to emilyosmond.com forward slash scale and pick a time to join me for this live training. I'll see you there. Well, Erica, welcome to the Emily Osmond Show. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the first time that we've ever really met and had a chat. So I'm just like chomping at the bit yeah. to ask you lots of questions and dig into you and your business. But could you just give a little bit of an intro into yourself, please? So I'm a confidence coach. I'm originally from America. Erica from America is the little tagline. I love that you say that at the start of your podcast episode. I know. I'm like, you have to rhyme your name if you can because it helps people remember. So, yeah, I've, I've been in Australia for 10 years, which I love. I'm so happy. Cool. I love this place. It feels like home for me. And so I'm a confidence coach, and I basically help women reclaim their confidence, stand in their power, really let go of people-pleasing and the self-doubt that we all kind of struggled with or struggle with. And so I work here in Melbourne, Australia, and I also have an online sisterhood, sistership, wearing the shirt yes. representing. Yeah, so that's kind of what our brand and business is about. Lots of events, lots of um, talking and speaking and podcasting and all that jazz. <laughs> love it, love it. And we're going to dig into all of that. Something that I wanted to start off on, Erica, was you're the queen of confidence and I love it. <laughs> Who were you before that or what were you doing before this business? I know. So she's my alter ego, the queen of confidence, and <laughs> I try to embody her as much as I can. And I think we all have that woman inside of us, that amazing goddess, you know, that we tap into. So that name kind of reminds me of 
of being her and stepping into her. Before that, it was called the Queen of Curves because I was a stylist. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? I oh, know. Cool. So I was like, I'm curvy. So I ended up becoming a stylist. I was a hairdresser even before that. So I've always kind of been in the realm of helping women feel better, whether that's visually looking better or physically feeling better. I think the two are kind of connected when you have beautiful red lips on. You feel pretty oh, snazzy yes. like you have Thank today. You. <laughs> Do you, you love know? this color? I've yes, got to say. It's a very it just good one. Brightens mm-hmm. it up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so I was really interested in like the physical of, of women and helping them with that because I know it made them feel better. And then we kind of moved into confidence, the internal, I guess the inner wardrobe instead of looking at the external kind of clothing. So I was doing that before this and working for, I was a hairdresser. So I was working for a major hair company, doing sales and retailing and always kind of worked in managing people in groups and culture and people and that. And then I was in the army before that. So I think all the leadership. What? I know. In the army? 10 years in the U.S. Wow. Army. Staff Sergeant Sepulveda. That was me. I know. Oh my <laughs> Crazy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. What a background. What a background. So what did it look like when you first started getting into the work you're in now? Like yeah. the transition from stylist to now teaching and helping and supporting people with their confidence like what were the steps that you took yes so when we had we have two kids so our second born Nava he is now two and a half when he was born in October 2017 I was obviously on leave through I was working for L'Oreal doing like hair kind of sales and I was doing my styling confidently workshops on the weekend so it was always this little side dream that I wanted to do and made a little bit of money from my events and I had my little Facebook group and page whatever and I realized having my son I was kind of like I was in the shower and I had one of those moments of intuition that come in the shower and it was like, what what does the queen of confidence do? Like, what is she about? And it was like, it's not about cotton and telling women that they're an hourglass or a pear or a fruit or whatever. And it was really about, you know, the inner confidence. And at this point in time, I had already invested so much money on healing my own story, which was full of trauma and sexual abuse. And my husband died. And I had all this crazy stuff that happened to me in my past that I was working with coaches and NLP and business groups. And I had done so much work. And I was like, I really didn't want to talk about the surface level of confidence, but I was really scared. I was not where I am now, where I keep it very raw and real on the internet. I was still (laughs) trying to get it right. (laughs) be perfectionist and yeah I just got this like it's now or never like what do you want to do and I was like I don't want to talk about cotton I want to talk about confidence and the fluffy stuff and I came downstairs and said to my husband I'm going to do confidence coaching full on I'm not going to do any styling and I'm not going to go back to my job and he looked at me like are you crazy we just had a baby we were struggling (laughs) I mean this was a really hard time for us we had just purchased uh, a new car we moved out we like we were staying with his parents for a year to save money as you do and ended up not wanting to be there anymore and so we were just really stressed my husband's gym wasn't doing very well so financially the worst we've ever been as a couple and it was kind of like a now or never situation of like I have to do this or else it's always going to be a what if and I'm going to stay at a corporate gig which is fine if you want to do that but I didn't I didn't want to do that I can definitely relate with that too and just had that feeling and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't stay in the job. But what did it feel like to you? Because I guess other people may be listening that it's still still just an idea or a a desire that they want to leave their job or they want to start their own thing, but they just can't do it. What, What did it feel like for you? And then also 
I want to ask about as well. When I quit my job, I'd re- I was single and I'd bought my own little place and I had a mortgage and kind of similar to you, like it wasn't a smart move yeah. financially, <laughs> like not the best time. But I think that that's, you just like you have to make it work Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you do but could you yeah first of all say like what did that feel like to you when you were like no I don't want to go back to my job yeah well I just I felt like my dream was knocking once again and I ignored the knock when I was young I wanted to be an actress and I was like I'm gonna be an actress be a Hollywood actress (laughs) and I feel like I ignored the knock you know and I was trying to be the professional you know be a professional do don't follow your dreams and then when I met my husband he was not I didn't have a dad I didn't grow up with a dad and he wasn't a dad but I I felt like my husband wanted me to be professional and stay at my safe job, air quotes. And it wasn't his stuff. That was all my projection. But I felt this like, once again, you're not going to believe in yourself and do what you want. And then I'm like, it's now or never. So I kind of felt, I just felt like I was wasting my dream and wasting my passion. And after healing all of that really full on trauma, I thought there's no way I got really excited. Like my confidence um, styling workshops were really life coaching with a little bit of styling and a mix <laughs> of it. champagne anyway. <laughs> so it was like, oh, you're not really doing styling. Like it was styling, but it was mixed already. So I kind of just, it just felt like I have to do this. Like it's, it's talking so loud that if I keep ignoring it, I'm going to resent my husband and I'm going to resent everyone. Well, I'd love to hear what those steps were as well that you then took. Were you like, right, resume is in and now I've got to make this work or what did it look like? I was doing sales, driving around Melbourne pregnant as hell. And of course, up until (laughs) I was like ready to pop. And do you know what's funny? My husband on his podcast, he shared this. I had a home birth for my second baby and it was so divine like it was empowering it was incredible my first was really messy cesarean and it wasn't meant to be that and I didn't realize this but he said babe as soon as you did that home birth shortly after three months later you were like I'm doing this and like I didn't realize that initiation that was the the inner strength that I think it took for any woman to do anything hard to recover from trauma from a birth from physical pain like so I think that that gave me this underlying like grit of like I'm going to do this shit. And I never did it for my kids. And I still don't do it for my kids. No offense, but I'm not doing anything for my damn kids. I'm doing it because this is my legacy. And so I think once I came out of the shower, I was like, I love you. (laughs) I love it. You're like, okay. So (laughs) then I came out of the shower. (laughs) I was was in a wet towel and I'm like, honey. And my brown husband turned white, looked at me like, are you crazy? Um, Because we literally, honestly, Emily, we were, that was the worst point that we'd been as a couple. I had been worse in America because I've lived a lot of bad stuff, but as a couple, we had two kids. We just bought a damn Tiguan Volkswagen. We moved into a really expensive like rental property for our place. My husband's business wasn't doing well. And we literally struggled to buy bread from Baker's Delight, like $4.50 bread. So we were really not good. And to go, I'm going to go for my dreams. So what it looked like was, holy shit, we were scared. And then my husband said to me, what's the plan? And I'm like, well, I'm going to have to have a a side job. So I rang my employer and said, I know that you guys need help with concierge, like people calling people from home. I'm going to be home breastfeeding for like a long time. Yeah. Why don't you guys give me this? So I kind of created a role for myself, which my amazing coach helped me. She's like, why don't you do this? I'm like, amazing. So so I don't think it's smart for us to quit our job and have no money. So like have a little (laughs) backup, right? Okay. Um, So I just I had a backup with them and I worked I got $36 an hour calling people selling shampoo and conditioner over the phone while I was breastfeeding and 
that helped us enough to be able to build the business and start. And by build the business, I mean showing up on social media, showing up on YouTube, telling people what I wanted to do. I canceled that event for styling that I had booked in February, refunded everybody, or I went to refund them and said, I'm going to be doing confidence only. I don't know if you want to come to a confidence event, but here's your money back. And they were like, no, I need confidence if I'm going to dress well. And I was like, Oh my gosh. So everybody said, yes, we'll still come. And it was our first kind of event that we had that was just pure confidence. And then from that moment, I really feel like I started sharing authentically and openly because I had nothing to lose. I was like, I want to do this. And if you want to do this with me, be here. And if not, you can unfollow me because I'm going to do this now, you know, and it was really kind of the monumental moment. And then it was hard work after that. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And Erica, you said um, a little bit back that I think you were trying to do things perfectly. Yes. And then it sounds like you got to a stage and you're like, you know what? Screw that. Let me just be me. Yes. I wasn't really happy in my job. And then I did love the styling and the events and the speaking. And I did it for five years, Emily. Like I did those events. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did those events. Even in my back in the day when I was full on corporate executive working, I did I had an amazing job here and I was like, I'm going to do these events. And I got a lot mm. of great media. I was on Sunrise from those events and like styling. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I should keep doing it. But every time the event rolled around, I'm like, was it cotton or linen that makes you look... <laughs> shit, I don't want to do this. Like, I was like, I don't care about the clothing. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was really, it was really like a, a it was just been fl- like for so long, five years. And then finally going, I remember someone that I saw on social media had Gary Vee's Crushing It book. Oh, and, yay. oh, God, I love Gary it. Gary Vee. And I was like, I'm going <laughs> to listen to this book because it keeps coming up. And literally, it was like he came through because I listen to books. I love audio. It was yeah. like he came through the headphones and slapped me across the face and was like, honey, do you feel like Oprah's going to come up to your house, knock on the door and go, I heard you had a really tough life. Uh, do you want to write a book for me um, with Oprah and sit on my couch? And I was like, oh, my God. And that was when I got like, are you crazy? There's so many people in the world. You have a story to tell. If you don't get off your ass and you tell your story and you create the hype and you share with the world, no one the hell's going to know who you are. And all of your struggles and everything you went through is for nothing. So go share it with everyone like loud. And I was like, okay. And then literally, I literally listened to every single thing besides what was that Snapchat? Besides Snapchat, (laughs) I listened to everything he said. And that is to this day, like he really helped shake me out of the pipe dream that I was living versus Mm -hmm. acting and doing what he says to do every time you hear him speak. So funny because Gary Vee was very influential for me right back at the start as well. I remember I was living in Ballarat and I would, I'd get him in my headphones or whatever. I think if anyone hasn't heard of him, Gary Vee, Gary and then V-double-E, Vaynerchuk, but go take a listen because if you are someone that is feeling scared or fearful or maybe you need a bit of a shake up, he's a good one to kind of make you look at yourself pretty hard, I think, and say, well, why aren't I going for this? So mm-hmm. yeah, he's amazing. Cool. He is. <laughs> I love him so much. I'm like, oh my God, he's so right. And it was beautiful because, <laughs> you know, I had my husband, we had two kids. So there was still that level of responsibility and looking after your family. But my husband could see like, I was like, babe, I want to do this. And he ended up listening to the book right after me. And he was like, okay, I was like, I'm gonna have a camera in my face. I started like a YouTube 40 day YouTube challenge just to get myself and no one watched it. And I don't even think those videos have many views. 
But what's beautiful is I literally have the video from when I first said I want to do this and we were struggling and I had just had a baby and I was trying to renovate our home and build my coaching business. Like every video, every single day I have a video from it. So when my clients that are mothers and they're like, I want to do this, I don't know what to do, it's so hard. I'm like, go watch my freaking YouTube channel <laughs> and look in my eyes and I, it makes me emotional when I watch them because I knew where I was. I was like... Yeah. I have no choice. We need to make this work. And so I know that someone will watch it one day when I'm on Oprah's couch that they will have viral views. But right now, <laughs> it was just really beautiful to capture that and to get into the, um, what's that called? Like a practice of daily videoing and editing on your phone and the yeah, commitment yeah, yeah. that it takes to do content continuously. It's like, like the a ha- building that habit of totally. doing it. Absolutely. Totally. And it's the way to get more comfortable with doing it, quicker at doing it, better at doing it. It's just... Yeah. It's just Doing it every day. <laughs> yeah. And, and then we did a podcast. He, I remember him saying, you know, um, you can check out Anchor, the app Anchor, because I always wanted a podcast. And I was like waiting for a day when my kids would be sleeping and I would have a <laughs> glass of wine and a beautiful <laughs> microphone and I would sit there and talk to the people listening. And it was like... <laughs> Nope, that is not happening in your world. So I literally would use my headphone, my Apple headphones in my damn car with my e-tag going off in my car. And I just did my Canva thing and I just and my and then it wasn't until Brianna, who we love. She's our amazing podcast production. Yes. She said to me, your podcast is number six in Australia. And I was like, excuse me, who are you and what are you talking about? Because I honestly just did it because I wanted to talk. I wanted to share. I wanted to help. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I better take this shit seriously because people are listening. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> that's how everything was built. It was so organic. It was so raw and real because I had nothing else. I was so stripped back of I'm, I'm just at my wits end and I want to do this and I'm just going to do it. And it was like you Hungry. can't not. Yeah, like you can't not. So let's talk maybe first few months, that first year or so. You've got your part-time job or you've got you've got a bit of revenue, a bit of money coming in there. What did the rest look like? And so you said you really just started, you said you started building your business, which was showing up on social media. Yeah. Can you talk through what happened? I yeah, guess, yeah. did you have your defined coaching packages? Were you now, were you put on a few more events? What did those early months, I guess, going for oh it look like? Oh my gosh, I know. It was so, so fun. It was actually so fun looking back. It was hard, but it's so fun when you look yeah. at that. I think that's the key is like we had a blast. And so I had a model of events which worked really well. And so I was like, I'm going to keep doing events because I love humans and yeah. I love in-person <laughs> connection. And so I booked the rest of the year, committed in Feb, I booked the whole year. These are the dates. They're in there. You can buy the tickets. Let's get the website up, whatever. And I just basically, because that's really scary. So for those of you out there that are like, I want to do events, but I don't know, I'm kind of scared, like yes. pre-book everything. And I mean, it's hard during, you know, when we've had these weird restrictions, but it's really great because then you have to show up. And then I would share. Yeah, I would like share with my audience. Hey, guys, I'm going to do this. What do you think about this? And I would just speak to my audience. And I love people and I really love talking to strangers it's my obsession and so <laughs> what does your husband I know think of he's that? just like <laughs> he just rolls his eyes at me he's like you're <laughs> such a weirdo but um I grew up in foster homes so I was a foster kid and I grew up with all these different cultures and different children yes. and ages and I changed schools like every month so I love like being unknown and sporadic and people so I think it's helped me and so I was like all right we're gonna do this and so my model was run an event at the end of the event, 
bomb the cell because I always did. I was so yes. scared of the cell because I was in a weird business <laughs> cult and he was really bad. Like he was sold to people and he was just really like not nice. And so I was always scared that I was going to be dirty and salesy like he was. And so that's a whole nother podcast, everybody. But yeah, anyway, I, I, I want to yeah. hear about that. I know. Oh my gosh, that was crazy. And so I was like, you know what? I really need to get better at this. And so what I ended up doing was selling a coaching, a one-on-one session or three one-on-one sessions. Ridiculously ridiculously cheap because I do believe for all the business people that are starting out Mm. there I really get upset when people are like you know know your worth and you should charge your worth and knowing your worth comes from your inner self your your in your energy like are you in alignment with that number just because you've been in for five years and you should air quotes charge that if you don't feel that but your mentors telling you that or the industry's doing that I guarantee you, you will bomb and you will not be able to sell that or to attract the clients, you know? So, oh, totally agree. You have to feel maybe a little bit scared of the price, but good about the price. Exactly. And even for me, like I still do this, right? And we've multi six figure business. I still do this. I still do a no brainer for my subconscious that I go, I know it wasn't that. And then because I'm like an over deliverer and I serve global mass. I don't have a business niche or a that niche. I serve women, all women, right? Like it's a big niche. But and so I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to do this. It's going to be $67. Okay, now it's going to be 97. And it was beautiful because it really grew with me so that when I stood up and I said, listen, you need this. If you've resonated with me this far, let's do this. It's this much clean. And it was so integral. And it just even came from such a raw, clean place that selling just became serving just became talking just became servicing and we started doing that so I started doing one-on-one coaching and even before my one-on-one selling and coaching I did one lady who I knew for three months for free so she was shout out to Lisa she was my first freebie client and I sat with Lisa I sat with my first coach ever who first started me on this journey and I said can you give me your blessing do you think I can do this we've invested a hundred thousand dollars on our personal and business development do you think I can do this she's like Erica, you've healed so much of your past. You've got the tools. I do think you can do it. And for anybody out there listening, I'm not saying don't go to get qualified because I'm a firm believer that you need to be responsible with, you know, how you're serving people. And as a life coach, basically, which is what I am, I'm going to be getting women with trauma and sexual abuse and all kinds of stuff that it's not to be taken lightly. You know, you need to know what you're saying. And so I, I wanted to make sure that I could be of service. And my husband said to me, you will never attract someone you can't help. And I was just like, Wow. Because I was like, do I go to coaching school? And he's like, honey, your life has been your coaching school. We've spent $100,000. You've healed yeah. trauma, your your husband being lost, like sexual abuse, being kidnapped, like all this crazy stuff. And he was right. And so I said, okay, universe, spirit, God, whatever, like, please let me attract the right woman that I can be of service to. I'm going to try it with this lady. I'm going to get the blessing from my coach. She's going to give me like, this is how you set up your Google Drive and all your coaching <laughs> contracts. And literally we went off and and Lisa was incredible. And then we modeled what I would do from Lisa. And that first year we had zero dollars. We had negative dollars. We had credit card debt. And we made like 158000 that first year, which I'd wow. never like 
never thought I could do by myself in my business. And yeah, it was Congratulations. Yeah, I know. It was really yes. good our first little year and this is our second year, so it's been a This quick, is only your second year. My second year. year. Yeah, I know. Amazing. Can you you said nothing's off the table. I'd yeah, love yeah, to oh hear cuz yeah. Hey. Yeah. I'd love to hear. <laughs> I think it'd be interesting for other people to hear like the breakdown of that first year in terms of what the different revenue streams were as well. Yeah, so the first year it was our events and our events we didn't make too much on events cuz I wasn't selling the ticket was 67 then 97 and then it got to 120 and we had like champagne at the styling events and I'm like, <laughs> it's like hmm. mm, champagne and personal development well gotta scrap the champagne so that was a good cut of money that I didn't have to spend um but the venues you know it costs money doing oh venues yeah I know all mm. that jazz and so we would make a little bit from the event, but it would probably just cover itself. And then the upsell would be like the coaching with me. But then because my husband had a, this is his like gym. So he's got the gym upstairs. I've got my office because he had clients that he was personal training. And then this office I was using for one-on-one coaching and our kids were little, literally he would be oh driving gosh. them to sleep and I'd be having a session. <laughs> and then I would jump in the car and he would go upstairs and do his session while the oh. kids slept. It was full on. So that was kind of the only income stream was one-on-one coaching. And then at the end of last year, uh, the end of our first year, which was the beginning of 2019, I was like, I feel like I always loved doing groups. I was like, instead of doing one-on-one shopping, I did the I did the event, right? So instead of doing one-on-one coaching and our events, what if we did a group and we basically modeled the cult that I was in because he was he had a great model. I think we can't not talk about the cult. Are you happy to do a little share? So I can't talk about the name because I don't want to get sued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically we oh, joined – It was like a business accelerator kind of program. And so you would go to these events maybe like six times a year or four times a year around Australia. And he would have a free event. You know, like Kerwin Ray would have a free event. It's very Kerwin Ray vibes. And he's a lovely guy, but it was that vibe. So I can't even go to those events because I just get like PTSD. (laughs) (laughs) So you would go to the free event and then you would obviously get sold the thing. So it's a two-day event. You would buy the thing. And then we became, of course, your girl over here was like the cult leader. I, (laughs) I became like speaking on stage for him, introducing him. And like I was full on into it and I didn't know it was an official cult because you don't know. Right. It's like, hmm. And then how would you? Yeah. And Mm. so what what started being weird was it was like spiritual and energetic manipulation. So there would be a lot of if you don't do this, you don't care about this. If you don't share this on your Facebook or if you don't get many people to the room, then you must not like you would be crewing and then you would be taken off the crew if you didn't whatever. And then people started like disappearing and then women started having like sexual encounters supposedly with this person. And then like it was just like, whoa, what the hell's going on? And then it just felt really like you couldn't leave because then you left the community because we really got close with the people. So it was it was a bit of like Black magic NLP is what I will call it. If you don't know what that is, it's like NLP in the negative. And NLP is a beautiful tool that helps people. And Tony Robbins does it. And I think that's why he gets a lot of flack. But he's amazing. Like he's here to help people. And then you have people that use it irresponsibly. And people were giving their money that they didn't even have. And there was no check of, are you the right client? Yeah, everybody's the right client. And so we were in for two and a half years and it was incredible because although it was a lot of financial, we invested a lot, I feel like to this day, like I learned the most I would have ever learned mm. from that experience. So it wasn't all bad. Even the bad experiences, they teach us the best. So it taught me the oh, most. They do. It was amazing. They do. 
Yeah, I'm very wow. grateful to the circumstance and the situation. And it taught me what I don't want to do. And it taught me about what we what what's possible because we got behind the scenes of the whole. I mean, I was at the front of the business. Yeah. So we kind of looked at the model and we're like, what if we created like a Melbourne in person? Yeah. So I actually say that when they join me, I'm like, it does feel like a cult, but you will not be having sex with my husband. And it's not a cult. <laughs> I actually say that. And the women laugh and I'm like, I'm serious. <laughs> You're like, I need to tell that you That is this. not happening, girl. I'm like, trust me. We decided, we're like, what about if we just got people together and instead of one-on-one, -on -one, and it wasn't from a place of, I don't want to sell money for time, which is a great reason to do that. Mine yeah. was more about community and I want to get people together and no one does that. Like you get into an online group or there's an online mastermind or there's an online something and I wasn't really familiar with what was available in the online space. I wasn't familiar with it. Like most business people, I was like, I'm scared of tech and I don't want to do that. You know, and then so we launched this Melbourne in-person sisterhood is what it's called. And it was six live events and blah, blah, blah. And like we have maybe 90 women in Melbourne. It's incredible. And then that's that we finished the year December. They joined. And then that next year, 2019, we launched the online version. And wow. the revenue from that was ridiculous. The, the impact from that was ridiculous. We have like 250 women in 14 countries right now Amazing. in the sisterhood. I know. And then we launched our retreat the same year. My husband was like, can you stop doing <laughs> all of the things? And so creating. I know. Mm. So we only have one. We only had one product. So this year. Yeah. Tell us now. What's your what's it look like? We had the sisterhood in person with some one-on-ones, and then we had the online sisterhood and then a retreat. It was incredible. And so this year, similar thing. We went really hard on the online, but obviously with what happened with the pandemic and all that. And we still have our Melbourne sisterhood, so we'll do six times a year. And then we have our online program. Uh, and that's kind of like an, a live evergreen program, if that makes sense. So... I show up coaching live, but people start whenever they want to start and it's drip fed and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And then we uh, just launched a membership for our alumni. So when they finish the online, they get to stay with us and they stay connected to the community. It's such a beautiful thing to go through a bad experience and then go, I don't want to do that. And what do I, what would I love? So I, I really built it for what I would love. So it's, it's personal development. It's life coaching in an online and in-person space. We do retreats. And then I've just finally, after two years, we're going to hit two years, June 30. Woohoo! So sir. I know. And this year we're going to finish on 500,000, which is ridiculous. I know. I'm I feel like, like I need some party oh poppers or champagne. Champagne, green juice. Oh, how awesome. Which Big is congrats. insane. I know. I was just like, I can't believe that this, you know, and obviously profitable and obviously, you know, doing good stuff and being a nice human and making sure that the right people are coming in. And so I think social media, literally in Instagram was everything for us and just the community there. And so... Yeah, and now we've launched a mastermind for business. So we're we're doing a social impact mastermind. So it's the first time I've done business and I didn't want to talk business until I knew that we had something that we could do. And so we've created this for six ladies. We're going to take them on a nine-month journey of like creating this for themselves, which is really exciting because I think this that might be... so cool. Yeah, something that I might do maybe twice a year. I'm not going to fully go business, but I think a few um a few i might do a few of them which is exciting wow so many questions i've got I, <laughs> i'd love to hear so you've got was it like two different online programs at the minute 
Yeah, so um, was that one, and then you got the membership. Yeah, so the the Melbourne is the in person, so that one's the in person one, and everybody who joins Melbourne gets the online complimentary because it's a nice yeah, awesome. thing. And then we have the online version of it. We just created a two mini courses online, which I'd never had like awesome. a yeah, I'd never had an evergreen kind of passive. So we did all this with sisterhood, just one product in a retreat. Yeah. So I'm like, man, if we can get some passive income going and you know, yeah. monetize that and have little programs that we can offer for people with different price points as well. So now we have the online social media, conquering social media course, and then a manager mind mini course. Um, yeah. And if they just launch, then you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, those cool. are new. Yeah. Awesome. And it's really like FWOT, like about helping people like, like let go of the opinion of others and get, it's not so much strategic social media. It's more about mm. get out of your own way, like get out of your head, get into your message, like start building your community because that is the reason why this is successful. Besides the fact that we're not like cult mean people, we're like <laughs> nice people that want to help the, help the world is like really I, I give it up to our online presence, like talking to people, like replying, like I talk to everyone. I spend so much time on my phone, but there's humans, you know, it's very social. Like social media can be really social if you're using it the right way. That's it. Well, I'd love to hear in terms of what has worked for you. I know you said Instagram is such a massive platform for your business. What do you do on there? What do you know that really brings brings your community, attracts your community and, and also attracts clients too? I think definitely that the Instagram has been everything for me. And I used to not like Instagram. When I first started this, I was very Facebook orientated. I had such low numbers that I would get follow on follow and it was visible. Like I could tell yeah. 217, it's 210. Right on the top of your profile. Yeah, like, but now yes. when you get into multiple numbers, you just go, I don't even see when 10 or 20 yeah. follow and follow. But that was where my head was at. And so I think I was drawn away from it. And then I kind of went, no, like I need to get on there and start sharing. And then they introduced stories. And I loved that. So I every morning, my community knows I'm like, good morning. How are you? Hey, like I always do a like I'm talking to someone, you know, because people reply. And I think if you're out there and you're just starting and you're like cringing at social media, I want you to like, I guess, think that you're talking to one human, just one person. There are eyeballs on the other side of the screen that want to know what kind of coffee you drink and they want to know <laughs> what you think about that mascara. And it sounds like it's surface level, but your friends ask you those questions. Yeah. So why wouldn't, you know, the world want to know that? And so I think I just started talking to people. So my I don't really have a strategy. My strategy was really like, I'm going to be so raw and real and yes. just share all my oh, shit. So good. I remember Erica watching one of your lives. This is a what? Like a few months ago, maybe. I think six, when I we know. connected with Suze that first time we yeah. were doing that event. Yeah. Our beautiful friend, Suze Chadwick. And I was watching one of your, I think it was your live and you were just in your car putting your makeup on. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> she's not wearing any makeup oh my god and now she's doing yeah. now she's like her eyes like here she's putting her eyeliner on this yeah, girl's awesome finger, yeah. I love yes I loved it so entertaining yeah thank you I know I was like well you know there's I just feel like our issues our problems our doubts our questions our traumas that's what connects us so if people here's my big thing if you try to be perfect you erode connection because yeah. when you're so like think about sitting next to whatever celebrity you love that you think is freaking immaculate and beautiful and sitting next to them and looking at their nails and their cuticles and their <laughs> skin and oh, they smell nice. Oh my God. And then you look at your shoes and you look at your fingers and you're like, oh, I have a pimple. You just feel like 
There's no connection because you don't feel like you're as perfect and amazing as them. You've got them wrong because you don't know their real self. And there's a lot of judgment from both parties. Like you judge them and maybe you feel like they judge you, but it's all you. And so I feel like perfection really erodes our connection and it doesn't allow us to go, hey, you know what? I'm the same as you. Hey, I get oily roots too. Hey, I, you know, I, I doubted myself as well. Or, hey, I'm bleeding and I feel really crampy and bloated. So yeah, I feel you. Like when you open up and share all your dirty laundry, people go, oh my God, me too. I was divorced too. Shit. Okay. And then they, I feel like the vulnerability builds connection. And what is connection in business? It's trust. And trust means you get me, I get you, I'll buy from you. My number one thing is I want you to feel, I don't make myself look like an idiot because I want you to feel better about yourself. I am a big dork. Like, I'm a big (laughs) dork. I, you know, I don't have my shit together, you know. And I, I think that that really, it's gone are the days of like the perfect Instagram grid where it's, it's just not it's not helping and it's not helping us because then women go, oh, see, I have to look like that. And young people mm. like all the young girls on Instagram that are following all the wrong accounts, like I want to at least try to help them if I can. If they land on my account and they're 16, they go, oh, man, she's cool. Like she's messed up and it's OK to be a hot mess, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so but it's so true. And I think what you said about the accounts looking perfect, like it's so boring. And that's when now you see the people that are really showing up and doing lives and not trying to be perfect yeah. and just being themselves. That's what is so compelling and it really does create that sense of connection with people and that's what's going to build your community more than just trying to have a perfect looking grid yes because then they get you they're like oh my god emily me too even if you say like i get dry ends and oily roots oh my god like when you meet a lady (laughs) in the elevator oh my god me too you become best friends it's like you know and it's not to say you can't have beautiful and amazing things because i will be like oh we're gonna make half a million dollars yeah i will say that on my instagram because i want women to know as well that you can make money if you believe you can. Like, if you believe you can do it, you can. So, you know, it, it's like having this amazing authenticity and rawness and not being scared of what will they think because that will stop us. Let's talk about that because I know that when we, I guess, speak unfiltered and especially talk about money and especially talk about money when we are women, I think, as well, it can trigger people. Totally. Was that something that you were scared of or struggled with or anything like that? Or were you like always don't care what people think and I'm just going to say it? Like what what has that looked like for you talking openly about money and I guess being really raw? Yeah. I'm more scared of talking about it openly with my family than with like strangers because, you know, your family is older. They don't personally develop. Then they're like, oh, what does that mean? You can pay for dinner and all that jazz. Yes. And they don't get your expenses and all that. And so I think on, on Instagram and I have like a saying that I say it's FWOT, which is like F what others think or you say forget what others think and it's really about- I'm so impressed yeah. when, when I knew you were coming on the podcast I was like right we're definitely gonna have to have like an e-warning with an yeah, explicit yeah. warning but you're being very good thank you I know I was like I didn't ask her you like, are can welcome I just to swear okay, why don't cool. we do it why don't you do it yes <laughs> fuck what others think yay <laughs> no <laughs> gotta out your system yes. now there you go <laughs> and that is also like I I jokingly like I'm the Cardi B of personal development right but it's a great marketing tool as well because people know who Cardi B is I don't listen to her music religiously I'm not a massive fan of hers but 
I use that because it's like, oh, I get it. Like she's a bit ghetto. She's a bit like funny and crazy and she speaks normal English. She's not very highly educated. And I'm not like I barely graduated high school, didn't go to college. And for me to be able to create this with my I'm a mm -hmm. ghetto Puerto Rican girl from Boston, you know, identity that I used to have. Like that's what I used to have. I used to have that identity that I'm not going to make any money. Like, I'm not a rich person or whatever. And for me, I'm like, sky's the limit, you know, now. So, yeah, so I just think the caring what people think, I think, was always ingrained. And it's ingrained in all of us, you know. And we should care what some people think. And we should, you know, be kind as well. I'm not saying go off on the internet and, and be offensive. And I have had moments where I've done something where I said the wrong thing. And I will straight up be like, I am so sorry. Hey, everyone, I said I once said the word retard and that's not cool. And I didn't even know that I said that. So that was the problem. And I full on got onto, like I almost did a lot. I think I did a live and was like, hey, I just want you to know I said something and that's not okay. And I'm really sorry. And half of them were like, we didn't even hear you say that. But I, that one person who heard it, I just didn't want to be offensive. So be responsible, I think, for the energy you bring in. But also, I know that if that person really got badly offended and went off on a tangent and was like, you're a horrible person, I also know that she's allowed to be wrong about me because if you know me, I'm not that person. But you're allowed to think I am and you're also allowed to peace out and I'm also allowed not to give a damn, you know? So it's like this fine line of not being a jerk but also like sharing your truth and knowing that you're not going to be everybody's flavor. And there are many ice cream shops, you know, <laughs> you're not going to be their flavor and like don't try to be their flavor. And yeah. also don't make people wrong for not liking you. I'm glad. And that's why I do a lot of video and audio. And I want you to see that I like pink and I swear and I'm Puerto yes. Rican and I wear hoops. And like if you are like, oh, too loud, too pink. Great. Like, awesome. Go find someone else because there's so many people. There are so many So many. People. Yeah. And this is like, I hope people listening are realizing that this is how to build their community and to build a business. If that's what they want to do, it really is about being like you. showing themselves yes. and not trying to look, which I know like hands up, that's something that I've struggled with. And I think pretty much like everyone does when they're Everybody. starting out and they look around and it's like, well, what do I have to be like if I want to succeed? Yes. And you said like your, where you came from and your identity, you kind of came to the realization that I can still achieve just like and succeed despite of all of this totally yeah and it's so powerful for people to realize that too that just because of where they came from or what they've been through or that they're not a certain type of person or extroverted or introverted or taller yes. or whatever like it doesn't matter so thank you for sharing that and I think too one of the big things if you are looking out there to try to build your community that no one has on you is your life your narrative, your the way that what your eyeballs have seen, like your experience, the shoes you've stood in, like if you are willing to be open enough and brave and courageous enough to share something that you've experienced that you think there's one or 1000 other humans in the world that can resonate with you, because that was a really big part of my coming out was with Gary Vee was like, what have you went through? What have you worked on? What's been a part like what has actually built and molded you? What's your favorite ice cream? You know, what do you like to do? All that stuff that I think my community didn't know. And so I think sometimes we can shame ourselves for either having a really air quotes full on story or a really boring. I didn't I didn't really go through anything. It's like, you know, you don't need to have gone through a full on thing. Just if your parents got a divorce when you were a kid or you were made fun of or you had acne like that stuff. A lot of people can resonate with that. And you could just 
sharing that. And I think that was the biggest part. I feel like I metaphorically get naked on the internet every day, <laughs> metaphorically, thank, thank goodness. <laughs> and I feel like because I metaphorically get naked, people go, oh, I just saw everything of hers. Wow, she showed me everything. I'm safe. And then they start to take their little layers yes. off. And then I feel like that happens in a room in our events, half an hour into it, people are crying. They're talking about being raped by their so-and-so. I mean, a room full of strangers where women are catty, supposedly, and it's not that way. And it's it has to be because of the atmosphere that you're creating. So you get to create your atmosphere online. And if you're going to be about joking and being funny, you're not going to attract people who like to laugh and be funny. So that's okay. Like, you know, it, it's really just being vulnerable enough to share who you are and your narrative and how you see the world. And it is scary at first when people disagree. And I think a lot of people are scared of their family seeing them. So I would just say block them. So it's such a <laughs> massive thing. First of all, I think it's so liberating to like show that no one is perfect, but it's just liberating to show that. And because then you're like, well, people can say things about me. But I'm already showing that, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm totally <laughs> awkward or like, sorry, if they say it, it's like, yeah, I know that. And I'm not trying to be anything else. So exactly. it's really, really cool. Yeah. But also the thing on the family as well, too. And I think that for those of us, and I kind of include myself that are, I guess, striving and going for things. And it's very different to what members of their family have done. It's a really interesting thing. And I know that you touched as well on speaking about money and it's something that I've also kind of things I've been like thinking about and pondering because I know that from what you say and just I can tell from you that you're sharing it to show other people what's possible. Totally. And it's not about sharing it to say, oh, this is what we've done and we're amazing. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Did you have chats or anything with your family or do you know that they don't really look at what you share? Just or if you kind of realize, well, this is what I'm going to do and they're either on board or they're not, how did you navigate that? Well, I literally did a video of my life. I asked my videographer to do a video and my mom is the one who raised me and my dad's in Puerto Rico and I just had a reunion with him. I hadn't seen him in 20 years and we just had a reunion on Christmas and my mom and my dad and I were like, oh my God, we haven't seen each other ever. So that was full on. And so I told them, I said, listen, I am sharing my life, not because I want to blame you or shame you or people feel sorry for me, but I want, I f have this belief that like everything air quotes bad that happens to us is now an ability for you to connect with that group of people. So if you were sexually abused and you are so daring to share it, you will be able to connect with anyone who was sexually abused. Foster kid, all the foster kids you can connect with. You know, the widows, you can connect with widows. So I just happen to be able to connect with many groups of people for all of <laughs> the a, things. Take a I lot know, of them like, off. <laughs> a lot of peeps. I'm like, yep, miscarriage, yep, okay, let's do Aww. it. And so, you know, and for me, I'm like, if I share it, I'm everything bad now that happens, I'm like, cool new group of people I can chat and connect with. Awesome. And it, it sucks when it happens. But so I said to my mom and dad, I said, listen, like, my mom's definitely gonna have to sign a, a media release or something because she's the worst, right? Um, <laughs> the worst. She doesn't really know what I do at all. She's bipolar. Yeah. She's taken medication all her life. And she doesn't get sick anymore. But she's really, her mindset isn't full on there, like switched on, like she knows what's yeah, going on. Okay. So she would probably say the wrong thing or a lie and I'd probably be on TMZ or something. So she's definitely gonna have to sign a release form. Um, <laughs> but I said to her, look, I wanna share what happened for me and my upbringing and I was physically abused by her a lot, but she wasn't oh, wow. in her right mind. You know, she was on medication. She wasn't on medication. And I said, when I share this, mom, I don't want you to feel like I'm blaming you and this is your fault, but I need to talk about this because it's literally 
who I am today is from yeah. my upbringing. And so she was like, okay, you know, and she kind of understood my husband's family when he passed away. I did a video and he's included in the video. And I was always like, oh my God, his family's gonna come at me and say, we don't want him in your family video or whatever. They never did that. So I think the fears that we have of our family all of a sudden opening an Instagram account and your aunt Cheryl watching you and sharing is never going to happen. And if it does happen, use it as a opportunity to have a serious conversation with what you would love and why you're doing what you're doing and expect them not to understand, you know? It's so true. They're not going to get it, you know? And it's probably showing something from that maybe is something to work on with your family as yeah. well that you've never really... I guess, resolved from mm. from back in childhood or that type of thing or the yes. way you were raised. So yeah. super yeah. interesting. Yeah, it is. And I, found nobody, I haven't found anyone really of my clients that I've said, hey, go do that or get on social media. And it's not because you want to blame and shame your family. It's more about if you have a story to share, no matter how big or small, you're going to be able to influence and help another human. And if you feel, even if you don't have a business, you want, you want to do makeup or you want to share about a skin disorder that you have that other people have, but you still work a nine to five, you could have a massive YouTube channel where you talk about that. And even if it just helps one human, like I feel like mm -hmm. we are here to help people. Like that's why we're on this planet. So it's like, that's great. You know, you could just do that. And we have the ability, the internet is free. And if you have a business, your ass it's needs to be on the internet. A, and this is what I was saying on one of my lives earlier today. I'm like, we have like the, the thing I don't want to do is look back and wish I went for it more. Yeah. Because we have such an opportunity. Like the internet is free. We can create anything we want. Erica, I know you've got to run. I have <laughs> loved chatting with love you. <laughs> can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yes. So obviously we love Instagrams. So come and stalk me and Emily on Instagram and tag us, please. <laughs> so the Queen of Confidence on Instagram, thequeenofconfidence.com. And then the podcast is the Confidence Chronicles podcast on Spotify or anywhere you listen to your podcast, iTunes. And the website, yeah, I'm there and on Facebook, but I'm not really on Facebook anymore. It's more on Instagram. <laughs> Little bits of Facebook. <laughs> and all the links will be under this episode. Erica, thank you so much for sitting down to chat with me and I can't wait to do it again soon. Thank you, Emily. Thank you for listening to The Emily Osmond Show, brought to you by my Instagram freebies, which you'll find at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. So please take a few seconds to leave me a review, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, and be sure to take a screenshot of this podcast, upload it to your social media, and tag me at Emily Osmond so I can give you a shout out too. Until next time, remember connection over perfection. You've got this and we'll speak soon.